0: Okay, good morning, Bo Tov, everyone. Uh, special thank you to the series sponsor of this year, Chani and Lenny Grunstein, in memory of Chani's father, Mr. Aaron Tambor, Aram Ben Yitzchak, who is Neshama Shalav and Aliyah. We continue to help yourself to some coffee. We continue on Wednesday mornings, being mechazik one another, strengthening one another, to try to live our best lives, and to try to achieve all that we're meant to do and be all that we're meant to be. We're in the ninth chapter of Mesil HaTzasharim, the Ramchal has been charting for us a path A course, how to realize the best version of ourselves. And here he talked about, he identified, the first quality we studied was Zahiris mindfulness, consciousness, cautiousness, vigilance, how to see the pitfalls, the obstacles, where we go wrong, to navigate around them. You could have all the perfect intention in the world. You could set the greatest goals and make all the resolutions. But if we haven't identified what's likely going to knock us off course, then even if we begin and come out of the gate, with enthusiasm and inspiration, but we probably will fail and give up before the end of that day. The second Mida or character that we've been studying is rizus. Once we've conquered how to navigate and live with vigilance and caution, now we're prepared to let loose. Now we can go after with zeal and enthusiasm and vigor. Now we can set our goals and pursue them and chase them. So here in the ninth parak in the ninth chapter, the Ramchal has been telling us, the mafside hazrizos. What are the things that undermine? What are the things that hold us back? What are the things that extinguish the flame of being on fire with enthusiasm and passion? And the first one he said the biggest challenge that we have is that we're creatures of habit. And the habits that we formed some of a habit of sleeping late, some of a habit of overeating, some of a habit of losing their cool, some of a habit of being envy and jealous, some of a habit, all these habits and patterns that we've set in place. And the longer we're alive and the more we've been living that way, the harder it is to change, the harder it is to undo. And so the first recognition and realization we have to have are the habits that we formed, what are the triggers that launch those habits, and what do we need to do in order to change them. There are wonderful apps I've shared before, one called Streak, another called Habit Bull, which you can put on your phone, and allows you to track the habits that you're trying to change, the changes you're trying to make in your life. Today was davening number 31. I decided 31 minyanim ago, a weekday minyanim ago, that I was making an absolute commitment not to take out my phone during davening. So for 31 last minyanim, I'm not showing off, a little bit of a flex, but for the last 31 minyanim, I put my phone on airplane mode or left it in my office before I came in for minyan. Why does it help to change a habit that way? Because when you have a streak going, you don't want to break it. It's very superficial, sort of pathetic, but it works. If you want to change a habit, you've made a commitment and a pledge. If you find a chavrusa or a partner to do it, who holds you accountable, and you have to text or post to one another that you've lived that habit another day, that your streak is still going. So one of the mafsideh is one of the things that holds us back from achieving our goals, are the habits that we form, but we can change them. You can change them. It takes 30 days, 40 days, 60 days, whatever the research shows, to change a habit. And the amazing news is, once the habit is changed, now we still are creatures of habit, but we're creatures of the right habits. We form the right habits. The inertia of the habits that we formed is so powerful. Rav Nason Wachtfog, of the Mashkiach of Lakewood, once came into davening, and he looked sort of disturbed and and frazzled. So one of the Talmidim asked him, what's the matter? And he said, even before davening, yet early that morning, he tried to fulfill the mitzvah of Pidyun Shvuyim. There were two captives that he tried to redeem and he tried to free. And despite giving it his best effort, he failed. So the Talmidim were sort of puzzled. They hadn't heard of any emergency case. Who were these captives? Who were these Shvuyim who he was trying to free? And he said he went to the dormitory and tried to wake two of the Talmidim. But he failed. They were captive. They were held hostage by the habit, by the desire for sleep, by laziness and procrastination. It was too cold outside. They were up too late the night before, and he felt he had failed that mitzvah pidyon shvuyim to free or liberate someone from their captor. And often the captor is ourselves. The second of the Mafsida, as Rizos Ramchal said, is rova pachah v'goda lamorah menazman told dosav. We worry mehakor mehachom. We have to worry about the weather. We worry about the conditions. If you're in Chicago, you're worried that your airplane's gonna slide off the runway. If you're in Boca this weekend, it's gonna dip to the frigid, it's gonna hit the 60s. May even hit the high 50s. Time to take out the Uggs and the leather jackets that you've schlepped down from the Northeast. So there are people who say, get out of bed. Run with alacrity and zeal. It's cold, or do you know how hot it is outside? It's easier just to stay in the air conditioning. So when we consider the elements and the conditions, often those are our biggest enemy. They somehow convince us to give up on our dream or our goal or our aspiration. Walk the circle, start jogging. Today it's too hot. Tomorrow it's too cold. It's never just right. And that brings us up to the paragraph we're up to. Far'ginu <laughs> chachamim. The, the Chazal, our rabbis, have criticized this attitude and this character trait. One of the biggest obstacles we face, our arch enemy, one of the biggest forms of resistance that holds us back are fears that we have. Fear of failure, fear of unworthiness, fear of success. Some people are afraid they're going to flop and fail and others are afraid they're going to succeed and achieve what they were hoping for and what will life look like if you succeed? Fear of weather, fear of people, Fear of reputation, fear of fear of peer pressure, but all of these fears—if we allow these outside influences and these fears to hold us back—then we forfeited, we conceded our best lives, who we can be, what we could achieve, the life we're meant to live. One of the great ones says that Ramchal, said to his student when he saw he was afraid: "Chata Brachos. You are a sinner, but rather, Betach va vaasey tov put your faith in Hashem, trust Hashem, and do good, and then you'll dwell in the land of your faith. You can live in a world of fear, anxiety, and worry. You could live in a world where you self-sabotage. You could live in a world where you worry what others will say. You could live in a world of underachieving, or you can let go and let God. Put our faith in Hashem that... He will help us if we take that first step along the way. That if we take the initiative and we make the effort, that if we're proactive with enthusiasm and zeal, if we've set noble goals and we have resolutions how to achieve them, we too can live in the land of Amuna. We can live in a place of peace and serenity where we have His help and support. It says Ramchal, here is the summary, the principle of the matter. We have to see our presence, We have to see our lives, our interactions in this world as temporary, as fleeting. When it comes to indulging in the worldly and physical pleasures, they're temporary, they're not lasting. We shouldn't go crazy or sacrifice too much or identify ourselves only by our status in this world. Take what you get. We are not here to compete how much sleep we can get, how much food we can eat, how many fancy vacations we can take, how big our portfolio can become. That's not why we're here. It's not why the Reboni the Almighty created a world. It's not why He placed us in it. We have more noble and higher aspirations. We have an impact and an influence. We're meant to have a role that we're meant to play within our families, within our community, and within this world. And maybe that includes killing it in business so that we have the wherewithal to make that impact. But we have to recognize what is secondary and what is primary. What are the distractions and what should be our focus? What are our goals and what are the impediments or the things that will take us away from them? Why are we here? We're not here to rest it's not a competition of how lazy we can be. We should love to work. No pain, no gain. You got to love to work. You got to love to exert effort. We got to love the toil. Because agra, according to the effort is the reward. If it's handed to us, you barely get any pleasure from it. But the more that we sacrifice, the that we show, the effort that it demands, yields the biggest reward and impact. Trust Hashem. If we've set noble goals and we have responsible plans how to achieve them, don't project, well, well next week or next month, what's going to happen and I won't ever fulfill it anyway and what will be and I don't have support to people around me and my work's going to become too difficult and that'll never work out. If you live with the fear and anxiety, they become just a list of excuses. They're simply a list of excuses. Put your trust in Hashem that if the goals are noble in learning, in davening, in improving our character, even in work, in our exercise, in health and fitness life, in whatever area of life, if the goals are noble and just, and the plan is appropriate, then let go, put our trust in Hashem, because the effort that it will take will yield the greatest reward that we'll receive. I'll close, I'll tell you, I remember when I was in one of the fir- in the first year, early on, we went on a ti'ul. It was a long, long hike in the south of Israel. Arduous difficult, at least for a bunch of spoiled rotten Shana Aleph guys. I doubt if you are in the IDF, you would have considered it such. And the Teul ended on the top of a mountain that was an extraordinary overlook near Eilat. You saw three countries simultaneously. The view of the horizon, it was extraordinary. And I vividly remember the mashkiach of the yeshiva turning to us and telling us that had we been flown up on a helicopter or somehow a bus made its way to that location and dropped us off, we would still enjoy the view, but a fraction of how much we appreciated it because of the hours of walking and hiking it took to get there. And that was a lesson for life. It takes effort, it takes work. But when you get there, the view is so much sweeter, it's so much more enjoyable because Lafumzara Agra, according to the effort, is the reward. Have a great day.